0: Is dropped and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Scores. Wires and scores. What a stop by Carter,
1: Jets go bang, bang, bang! Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
0: This is Ground Control episode 145. Ordinarily, it'd be myself, Jamie Thomas, with Mitchell Clinton and Paul Edmonds. But last week, I had the chance to catch up with Ed Olchuk, of course, a former Winnipeg Jet from the Jets 1.0 era, to talk about Timo Solani and Teppo Numminen, who were welcomed into the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame this week. And it was a great conversation. Paul, myself, and Mitch will be back next week for episode 146. In the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Ed Olchuk.
1: Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Hi, this is Cole Perfetti, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the
0: Winnipeg Jets. Ground Control is the podcast. Ed Olchek is our guest. It is Jets Hall of Fame week. In comes Timo Solani. Tepanumman.
1: Oh, I thought you were telling me that. <laughs> I maybe was. Oh, I was going to induct oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But Craig Heisinger has a big role in these uh, types of things. Oh, I'm
1: sure he does. So, yeah, so. I'm sure he does. If you want so to know. So not anything, congratulations. Uh, let me just say that. Let me just say. First off, Jamie, it's nice to be with yeah. you. Congratulations to Repo and uh, and Salami. Um, but I learned very quickly when I became a Winnipeg Jet on November tenth, nineteen ninety. By the way, we just celebrated that anniversary thirty-two years ago. Okay. Uh, that. It re- anything that it was, whether it was equipment or uh, team-related or a trade on the horizon, there was one guy that knew, and that was, and that was Dinger. That was Dinger. So uh, you're right. Anything that you need, you just need to go to one person because he seems to hold the key of uh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets 1.0 uh, and 2.0.
0: I apologize that you're not going in at this point. We'll maybe another time. So a quick thought on yeah. each player. Yeah. Let's start with Teppo Newman.
1: Yeah. Well, Repo was very consistent. He, uh, just very smooth, uh, outstanding defensively, sneaky good offensively, uh, an incredible teammate, a real, a really funny guy. I mean, he was always enjoyed being around the Repo man and, uh, I think very underrated. I I think Jet fans realize, you know, how, how awesome and great of a defenseman that he was, um you know he wasn't overly physical but he would angle you if you thought you had options you had really one option because he would you angle you into a tough spot but um just a terrific you know just a terrific all-around defenseman and uh and very underrated there's there's no doubt about it and to me like i said he was he was a terrific teammate Timo Salami, short time in Winnipeg, yeah, yeah. but he made a hell of a mark, right? Yeah. The 76
0: goals, he's at 132 points. Yeah. But there's more to him than that. What was he like as a teammate?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, his first game in the National Hockey League, and he didn't score. He could have had three or four, and, and Salami was you know, a little down after the game or whatever, and I just kind of looked at him. I think we actually just got out of the shower or whatever, and I just said, Hey, get your lip off the ground. You're gonna be fine. Like you're gonna. I mean, like you just knew. Like, I mean, the guy would. You know, he he'd get up and go, and it'd just be like, Whoa, whoa like whoa, that's not right. Like the acceleration that he had, and um, and then sure enough, I think he had four in the next three, two games or three games or whatever it was, and you know, I ended up moving on. You know, maybe a couple of months after that. So uh, you know, maybe I would have stayed in Winnipeg a little longer if he would have slumped a little longer. <laughs> but uh, you know, I saw the writing on the wall, and uh, but you know, like I, I mean, I. He, he, anytime I was around Timo, I just I always smiled and, uh, um, you know, the hockey speaks for itself. But, you know, just both those guys were just really fun teammates and uh, um, it's just amazing. I mean, you know, when I left there, obviously I was watching what was going on and I was thinking, you know, he's at 30 and 40 and mm-hmm. 50. I'm like, oh, in when's it going to stop, you know? and Mike
0: I, Bossy was no slouch either with oh, that record he's
1: yeah i mean mike Bossy invented the five hole and uh, <laughs> and then salami just goes flying right by them but just an incredible first year and you know the rest you know the rest speaks for themselves but two congratulations to both guys but just uh, a couple of solid human beings and uh, just real proud to have, you know played with them, especially Repo for you know a good stretch of time, and then obviously Salami for you know just a short period of time.
0: You came back to Winnipeg and yeah. was, you know, and, and the final game as a Winnipeg Jet in 1996. The big speech afterwards was that organic, or did, were you thinking about saying that afterwards? And oh. I, clearly, you knew you were expected to play a game seven, but was that was that organic?
1: Well, yeah, I think if anybody knows me, I think yeah. that speak from the heart and. Um, now, look at it. it was hard. I, I I always felt for the younger, Jet fan of. What do you mean my team's leaving? You know what what, what do you mean that the team's not going to be there? You know, uh, or the team has a chance of leaving. Um, I could never imagine as a young kid growing up in Chicago, Jamie, and thinking like, well, geez, the Cubs are leaving or the Blackhawks are leaving. Yeah. You know, like I mean that it's devastating. Look, and I still have some very close friends in in Winnipeg and talk to them all the time. And I've, I've always thought that and. You know, I've always thought that Winnipeg was an NHL city, whether or not they had the Jets there or not. But um, you know, it was it was emotional for everybody, and I think we wanted to let the team know, or let the city know that and the province is that you know, like this will always be your team. And and uh, you know, I, I I never ended up you know going with the team eventually to you know down to to, to Arizona. But um, yeah, I think it was from the heart and very emotional and. Still get people when I come back, uh, you know. uh, Is that brought up quite often? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, enough, you know, enough. I mean, even when I travel throughout Canada and you get jet fans everywhere, um, but you know, I just like I said, it was. I hope I would. I'd like to think that people know how genuine and my feelings have been and always will be for Winnipeg, because like I said, I spent almost six years of my life there, and I had some of my my best years and and met some of my closest friends and relationships because my my family really enjoyed there and uh we had we had a great time so uh yeah i like to think that it was very organic and uh speaking from the heart
0: speaking of somebody that speaks from the heart mark chipman Mm -hmm. speaks from the heart what do you think of the job he's done in the organization bridging the gap between 1.0 and 2.0 and do we even have to talk about 1.0 and 2.0 yeah no
1: i mean sure there's a little bit of a lull there but you know, Mark's a terrific guy, I've known him for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, leadership, uh, you know, shows his true colors. Not when things are great, but when things are tough, you know. And uh, Mark is the perfect example of that. And obviously with the leadership and ownership of Mr. Thompson and the group. And, um, you know, I just have the utmost respect for, for Mark and for what he's been able to do in the community. And, um, you know, a very loyal guy. And, uh, just have had some great conversations with him over the years, so I just, to me, it is, it is one. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets are always be, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, always, uh, always be the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, so let's move on to some fun stuff here.
0: As you, st- you know this. Well, are, you, are, you, yeah. are you
1: saying it's fun? Or uh, are you... uh, it's
0: going to be fun. It's like listening to the stories beforehand, oh. <laughs> the little small parts, snippets, <laughs> yeah. as we call them in the broadcasting world. Yeah. It was fun. So. When you're with an organization long enough, you start to get to know the people, and then you start to realize the people you can go to for little stories about former members of the Winnipeg Jets. And Craig Heisinger, of course, is that guy. Oh, my gosh. He is the source, I call him. He doesn't know that. I'll let him know later. (laughs) So he told me four stories about you. So you didn't want me to. Yeah. So he didn't want me. You didn't want me to tell them ahead of time. So here we go. Okay. Horse racing in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. So okay.
1: we are on our we're on our way we're on a road trip. For I a, love how you know exactly we're, what we're to say. On is. our way for a road trip, ten or twelve days, and uh, the day before, I went to the racetrack, Hollywood Park, which is now SoFi Stadium is uh, is built on old mm-hmm. Hollywood Park. Me and Patty Ellenuck went to the racetrack, and I happened to invest, uh, I think maybe about eighty-five or ninety dollars Canadian, mm-hmm. and turn that into about ten thousand U.S. Okay. And we That's had to start of a day. Yeah, that was a very good day, and we at to start of a road trip. So I didn't want to leave the money in my room. I didn't want to leave it in a locker room when we're playing. So I called Zinger, and then Zinger comes over. He's waddling over. He's got his shorts on, his gym shoes. It's a 1,000 below, and he's got shorts on. I go, hey, Zinger. He goes, hey, Head. Because when we go to Quebec, they would call me Head Olchek. Of course. I'm like, okay, yeah, hey, Dinger. He goes, uh, I said, I need a favor. He goes, yeah, what's that? I said, I need you to hold this. And I had a rubber band of, you know, a few bucks in my pocket. So I gave it to him. He goes, yeah, yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. Okay. So I gave it to him. So he held on to it. a practice and went back to the hotel, pre-game nap, went back for the game. And then during the game, during the game, we're playing L.A. at the old forum. I'm, I come off the ice. I'm yelling, Zinger! Zinger! He comes running down. Head, what's the matter? I go, you got my money? And sure enough... Zinger had this big wad of right in his, you know, I, look, I, I don't want to say he looked like he was happy to see me, yeah. but he had this big bulge in his, in his shorts, uh, and, and then, he, then he walked back, and he was walking back, he just picked your Zinger, he was just shaking his oh, head, yeah. he was walking back, yeah. and I just, he looked at me, and I just kind of winked at him, so yeah, that's a quick, uh, cl- a quick Cliff Notes version of uh, a Hollywood Park story in LA.
0: He claims that some of that money fell out of his pocket, oh, oh, yeah, too, yeah, so, yeah, no, so there, I, was I, it
1: all there? Got when he, he, was he it got, all there? He got <laughs> greased, did he tell you he got greased? I think so. Okay, yeah. He <laughs> Better to, he better have.
0: All right. Appa- apparently, you have a preference for heavier sticks. He said you complained yeah. a lot about that. So yeah, I, let's I, add on to that.
1: Well, I mean, I, I used the old Titan. Yeah. And, Best uh, street hockey stick yeah, ever. Well, yeah. I mean, it was pretty good ice hockey stick, too, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I, I liked them. I, I I had a certain way I liked my sticks, the thickness, the uh, the blade. And uh, I always felt the heavier, the better. I mean, I just... I. I enjoyed him very much, and we'd go back, and Zinger would say he got a shipment of sticks in, and we'd go there, and I look at him, I go, nope, 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 yep, and I said, Zinger, we, we got to find it, we got to find a new Paul Bunyan here because these whatever tree they're chopping down, man, I, I need to get to the inside of the tree. I don't want any of the, I don't want any of the branches that are on the outside. So he just shake his head again, and you know, so yeah, so I, I, uh, I, I was a, I was a. Uh, I was very particular, mm-hmm. and I I could grab it out of the bag, barehanded, and and just know, in in, in what it felt like and, and what I was going to be able to do with. It. And of course, at the end of the day, when you don't score, it's the stick's fault. I mean, right? Like, and
0: Zinger's fault yeah, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, no, I never blame Zinger, but <laughs> but uh, there were a few times there where I was on my way. There were, there was one time I remember. I think we were, I think we I think we were playing Vancouver, and I missed like a wide open net. And uh, I think Kirk McClain might have been in goal. I, I think that's who it was. And I came back to the bench. I'm shaking my head, and then Zinger just kind of taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, what? He goes, give me your stick. I go, why? He goes, because you can't score with that one. <laughs> and he gave, he gave me the other one. I'm like, all right, Dinger. And, uh, you know, i got to tell the Zinger story. Yeah. They, like, like players have routines. Like, where we're coming onto the ice, getting ready to go. Like, two minutes before the game, you're in the locker room. Everybody's getting ready. Coach are already in there, and guys are, you know, I'd yell at Fraley, uh, I yell at Freddie Olison and Thomas Steen. I go, Steiner, Steiner, Strickner, let's go, you know. And then then, then Zinger would come in, Paul McDermott. Dermy would be in there. And then Zinger would walk in every time with like two minutes left to go. He'd walk in the middle of the room and he goes, Dermy? And then Dermy would go, yeah, Zinger. He goes, when you're hitting, you're one of the best. And when you're not, well. (laughs) <laughs> and then that would be it, and then he'd walk right out. So that was, like, here's, again, he's the trainer, and he's coming in there telling Dermy what to do. So, again, I go back to what I said. Yeah. If you needed to know or want to know what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets, there's one person to talk to. So that's my dinger story. Besides that's... him enjoying my wife's fudge yeah. and cookies, by the way. Okay, that's another one. And I did bring cookies from Chicago today to make sure they're delivered to Zinger back in Winnipeg at some point.
0: Okay, I'm, so you know. I'm going to sample so on know. the way. He doesn't okay. need to know that. <laughs> to know that Two more stories bars of soap and i'm gonna preface this in one so. and it sounds terrible the way i'm starting with this one but apparently you don't like the liquid soap you like the bar of soap yeah you're I mean, a zest guy all right. <laughs> every Springs.
1: right i mean that's what i was used to and all of a sudden they, they want to go on the cheap like what i want to feel i want to feel clean you know i mean uh, that's like sec- you want the fill it's like second like second hand there the thing you know so i mean it, at the end of the day, I'm like, I need my bars of soap. Yeah. Come on, Zinger. Yeah. Like so, we had my own little stash, and he—I think he might have went to, might have went to like Rexall Drugs or something. I don't know, wherever he went, and he ended up getting me like a nice stash. I said, "Here, Zinger, take some of that money. I wanted to track and buy me like a hundred bars there, so at least I have it there."
0: <laughs> yeah. So just telling everybody, there's a lot of yelling apparently about the bars of soap well, situation. Yeah. And- I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, look at the shower. I remember in, in the old room, it's the Zinger's room back. You know, back where the sewing machine was, there. I mean, it probably was about sixty-five or seventy feet, and you just yell "Zinger!" <laughs> and he you, you wouldn't even answer. You just walk in with the bar of soap, you know, because you got like we had some cheap guys. Yeah. There's guarantee there are some guys that took the bar of soap home. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Are you gonna name any names no, here? No, I'm not okay. gonna tell names That's about. totally fair. Zinger might. Zinger might. <laughs> That's I'm I'm learning this as we go here. And by the way, I had texted him before this conversation with you and I said, Hey, do you got any that old check stories? And he phoned me, so that he just said, I can't tell you this via text. Yeah. The last story and the best one in my mind, you had a short stint in the International Hockey League. Yeah. Apparently you had a run in with Jimmy Roy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. apparently you skated by the bench after yeah. Jimmy was running at you yeah, all night. Yeah,
1: So you tell the story I was I got sent down to Chicago, I think it was ninety eight ish and I never played in the minors before. I was playing for the Chicago Wolves. They assigned me there and then we came to Winnipeg. And I was like I kinda, I kinda was like when I got to Winnipeg, it was almost like I came full circle. I'm like, holy cow, man, this is how it's going to end, you know. I, mm-hmm. I love playing here, and I'm going to end here by playing in the International League or whatever it was. Yeah. So we have a big scrum going on, and uh, the Moose and the, and the Wolves or whatever, and I'm in this pile, and it's really like the last place I ever wanted to be, you know. But I'm in the middle of this pile, and all of a sudden this kid, jimmy roy or whatever his name is he comes in he grabs me from behind he, hey old man get the hell out of there and, and and you know and he's kind of you know he's trying to rag on me and i go hey buddy look at me i'm not sure who you are or where you're from or what your first name is that's why i tell him i don't know what your first name is but i just want to tell you something he said i said i don't want to be here as much as you want to be here but at the end of the day you better take your hands off because I know Zinger, <laughs> I know who
0: Zinger is. So what did that mean you when know? you said I know Zinger? Well, I, I think
1: I think I got his attention because okay. when I dropped the Zinger, you know what I mean. It's not like you know I could, hey kid, I could buy you, I could, I, I could buy you out of my contract. I could buy you out of my con- your contract right now. But yeah. I just said, you know what, hey kid, I know Zinger. So if you like it here, just take your hands off of me. So that's that's what happened.
0: Were you given space that's afterwards happened. after that?
1: Uh, I think he I think he realized that. Uh, uh, that might have been one of my best lines I ever had in my in my hockey career. That's really good. because I think he like he was like, oh, you know, maybe I should not maybe work maybe work this old man over because Zinger's gonna get pissed off at yeah. me. So and I think I, I don't think I I told Zinger that later, but then he I think Zinger told me is that after the game or whatever that. Jimmy Jimmy Roy told him what happened and Zinger I think Zinger was like hey, just you know, leave him alone he's a nice guy you know? he did a lot he did a lot for the city of Winnipeg okay so Zinger helped me out a little bit but I, that was the only thing I could think of because it was one of those Jamie where I'm in like everybody's pushing and shoving I'm sitting here how in the hell did I get to the minors you know what I mean I've yeah. been in the league 14 years I'm like and then this kid is trying to I'm like hey buddy first off take your hand off of me mm-hmm. I don't know who you are I don't know what your first name is But I know your, I know your general manager, (laughs) and once I got his attention, you know, and then he let me go. I'd be scared too. In Jimmy's defense, yeah, yeah. So have you talked to Jimmy about that? I have not. uh, No, I have not. I know, I know. Dinger has. I know Dinger. has. Of course he has. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that goes without saying. Exactly.
0: It would be crazy not to talk to you about one of your finest moments of your NHL career, '94 Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers. Kelly Moore told me to make sure I ask you about that. Just what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, even all these years later, and that moment—it's it's a long grind that mm-hmm. people don't realize. But to get to that moment, especially in a city like New York, yeah. an original six I had hadn't
1: won in fifty-four years. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's why—that's why I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the conference finals my rookie year again uh, with Chicago in '85 against Edmonton. We lost four games to two in the series, so I was two wins away in my rookie year to go mm-hmm. to the Stanley Cup final. And it took me almost 10 years later and become a very small part of a team that won the Cup in New York in 94. So um, I think ultimately, Jamie, is that I didn't realize how hard it was to win until we actually did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sacrifice, the, uh, the commitment, the work, uh, the passion, um, it takes all of it. And I'll be honest with you, it takes a little luck too. I mean, mm-hmm. it does. It does. It takes a bounce here, a bounce there. It takes a matchup against somebody. You got to stay healthy. So for me, no doubt, in my, uh, in my professional career, that was as good as it got.
0: That's amazing. Uh, honestly, I appreciate it. Uh, Zinger was right. I could, You know, you, he said two questions, you go on for 20 minutes. I've asked you about 10, and it's only 17. So okay. he did exaggerate, and I know he does that every once in a while. But it's okay. honestly, congratulations. And, and by to the way,
1: he's, he has consumed over the years. I'll say my wife, the lovely and talented Diana Olchek, because Zinger was a, a big fudge guy. My wife makes unbelievable fudge. Yeah, I will say over the years, at least... Whether I was playing in Winnipeg or I was a visitor or now as a broadcaster all these years or a coach, I'm going to say easily my wife has made Zinger over 100 pounds of fudge in his career. That's pretty good. Yeah. And and, and that's uh, that's love, by the way. Yeah. That's
0: love. He does speak very highly of you, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> I,
1: I love him. We, we, we love Zinger. We, we love him. My wife would always say, how does he wear those shorts all the time? Isn't he cold? I'm like, that's Zinger. I said, no. I said Zinger, was, look at him. Look, look, look at how he's graduated over the years, you know? And I said, well, it doesn't matter what his title is." As I as I started this, I'm gonna end it. Yeah. Whatever his title is, or was, or will be, he's always been the guy that knows what's going on. Always in Winnipeg.
0: That's it. Appreciate your time, Thank my you friend. Funny.
1: Nice to see it. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. For more Jets news, videos, and more, head to WinnipegJets.com.